And the ride is over just like that, people. We're back to square one. Again. What else can be done with the season in shambles? Well, basically, a lot of speculation, a lot of perspective. But who knows? Well, here we go. Another nine months of the same. Oh, well. Let's get into it. Hello, and thank you for choosing the Armchair Champion podcast. Uh, This is Tori, the Armchair Champion, coming to you all once again. um, Just to, uh, well, more so painfully discuss the uh, embarrassing exit to the uh, playoffs wildcard round this year and the end of the season. So, just want to discuss that all with you here. So, I was planning to make a podcast about this earlier during the week. But, I really wanted to try to think out what I wanted to say. You know, give myself some time to calm down and cool off. Because this ex- this exit to the playoffs has probably hit the hardest out of all the others the others were disappointing and they were dejecting but this one had all those elements but also a swell of frustration with myself as with i'm sure many in cowboys nation it it was just mind-boggling you know it's like They address issues we've screamed about for years and years and years and years. They address the issue, another problem arises. And then you address that issue, another problem arises. You know, and it's almost as though the Dallas Cowboys, to some effect, take on the metaphor of a ship that keeps springing a leak. As soon as you plug the leak, another one pops up somewhere else. You plug that leak. It pops up somewhere else. And by the time you're done plugging leaks, the uh, the uh, ship is already sitting in and underwater to some degree. You know, it's already taking on taking on enough water to uh, affect the ship's course. That's how it feels right now. It's by the time you've plugged in. We need these players. We need player A, player B, player C. You know, we need to address this side of the ball, that side of the ball. You know, by the time you've done all that, there's always some factor that seems to put you, put this team, sorry, underwater somehow. Or or just inundated in water. Something where the team takes on a considerable enough amount of water to alter its course. So... We can all speculate. We have nine months, basically, to speculate what kind of course we're treading towards and what's going to steer it or how it's going to be steered because, well, hey, Dallas Cowboys had to pack it in early. 
Dallas Cowboys faced yet another embarrassing playoff exit to a team that backed into the playoffs. Now, in the playoffs, you don't, or, or any game in the NFL, or any week, any given Sunday, you don't want to take a team for granted. Yet, we had to face a team that practically backed into the playoffs. And, and the, the exit was just a comedy of errors, which seems to have been a theme for well over the last 15 years when it comes to this team and big games. Or this team and just doing the right thing. And pick a game. So it looked well like the Dallas Cowboys in this game were unprepared on offense. The defense came to play. What I saw is the defense came to play. Offense, nah, that's another story. Night and day between both sides of the ball. The defense did enough to keep that team in the game. 49ers rushed two touchdowns and then kicked field goals the rest of the game. The Dallas Cowboys couldn't seem to find the end zone until the fourth quarter. Somewhat like that. So it looks like they were immensely unprepared for the game on offense. The crazy thing is that the people that have jumped up and down shouting that this would happen, we Cowboys fans have tried to look at it as maybe it's different this time. And as a fan, you hope it is different. You hope it's going to be different because you see the potential and you see what that team can do. Yet the team at the end of the day did not do it. They're 12 and five, a respectable season, but the same thing that people who don't like the Cowboys or people who criticize heavily the Cowboys that don't even belong to Cowboys nation Pundits and critics alike, analysts, they all said things, and sadly, these things were validated by the Dallas Cowboys last Sunday. That the Cowboys look like rock stars beating inferior teams. You know, beating beating up on bad teams, you know, 40 burgers and things like that, 50 burgers on teams that can't even sniff 500, let alone sniff the wild card, uh, a wild card placing in the cow in the uh, playoffs. Excuse me. So they come out against teams like that, beat up on them, look like rock stars, but yet when there's a team that's hitting them, and that team's not going away without a fight, they look like a rock. They lay like a rock. Just nothing. Just flat. Undisciplined. Dejected. No response. Nothing of that nature. No toughness. The sad thing is, this is the story that was written about this whole season. And as much as we hope they would not write the story, they definitely wrote it, signed, sealed, and delivered it. And the main parts of that story... 
with the Tampa Bay games, the Kansas City game, Arizona game. Those all basically told the core part of the story for the season with the Dallas Cowboys. And all three games were games I was looking forward to because it looked like we were going to do some things. We we're going to make some noise this year. It looks like it looked like we were going to make some noise. Well, like the offense was poised to do big things, had Dak back from injury, Dak looking like himself. Offense humming, receivers looking good. Zeke looking good, lost 15 pounds in the preseason or in the offseason. Everything looking good. Defense definitely looking good. Defense was the most improved unit in this on this entire team, hands down. Went from worst to top of the crop. So everything, all signs pointed to the Cowboys, if not making the championship game or making a Super Bowl, at least making a decent, respectable, deep playoff run. Well, turned out to be fool's gold again. Why? Because teams we have been projected to be able to compete against, teams that if a Cowboys Super Bowl projection came, we were either going to face these teams in the NFC Championship or the Super Bowl. They came to facing teams of that of that particular um, that particular persuasion. We didn't do all the things we needed to do. Execution bad, horrible. Play calling abysmal, terrible. Discipline, absolutely infuriating and outraging. Where was the discipline in that game? The Cowboys accounted for 14 penalties. Over 120 yards, I believe, of penalty yardage. That's a touchdown. That's a touchdown and the beginning of a whole new offensive drive. Just penalties on defense. Penalties that kept letting the San Francisco 49ers get another set of first downs on defense. False starts. Randy Gregory tackling the offensive lineman. Holding. Offsides. Penalties that either backed that backed us up in our own territory or backed us up <laughs> in their territory. Like we get a positive again, we get a positive gain and backs it up because there's a penalty and a holding call or a false start or an illegal formation or a legal shift. Something of that nature on offense. And the defensive penalties at the wrong time were just as bad, if not worse. I've seen some rough Cowboys games in my time. This is this was the absolute worst I have seen these Cowboys play since the Campo years. Since the Gailey years. This is the absolute worst I've seen this team play in that amount of time.
Just absolute horrible discipline. None, if you ask me. Execution. You know, what, what's going on with the execution? You know, even the play placement, spot, you know, ball placement. There was a pass to Cedric Wilson that went directly into the sunlight. You can't blame him for being blinded. I mean, after all, you know, the Palace in Dallas does have uh, a nice little advantage when it's facing the sun without fully realizing that at any given time during the game, your team could literally be facing that part of the field and they need a play, a need a first down or conversion somehow. Um, Yet they can't get the ball. Why? Because the ball gets lost in the sun. They can't see the ball until it's sitting two feet in front of them or three feet beside them. And you know the crazy thing about this is for all the talent that's supposed to be on this team, all that talent, all the supposed talent that's on this team, they don't do the little things well. The discipline things. You know, these procedurally, the execution things, you know, basically the the, the little small details that one should want to make sure they have fine-tuned if they're going to play at a high level. Because if you have those down pat, they're ingrained in you, and you shouldn't have to worry about those things when it comes to upping your game. But clearly from the amount of penalties and the timing of the penalties and you know, the penalties themselves, the little things are ignored because the Cowboys are flashy. They have this flashy talent, uh, this, just this stream of talent going up and down the roster. But there are fundamentals for a reason. If you're going to show off your talent, you have to have the fundamentals sound and down pat. Dallas Cowboys did not have that, and it cost them the game in the end. Sure, a lot of things the referees could have done a whole lot better. And I do hold the referees accountable. But in this game, it should not have come down to, you know, a referee, a referee activity or inactivity. Everything should have been left on the field. But that did not happen. And the Cowboys lost. Because they beat themselves again. And you keep wondering, when are they going to have enough of beating themselves? All that talent can't beat the lack of the little things. And I've been saying this quite a bit as of late. The little things make all of the difference. And if you think the little things you are beyond that, you're sadly mistaken. They make all of the difference. That's what makes up the base of what you're going to need to do, how you're going to handle business, and how you apply things at the next level because those little things are still at the foundation whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you accept it or not. You're still going to have to come back to addressing and adjusting to the little things. And just when I thought it couldn't be more ugly, I took the liberty... Well, actually, I took the, I guess, you know, it, it was in, it was in talk, you know, cause I'm on, I'm on Twitter, you know, follow me at, at armchair champion. Uh, that's, uh, armchair with capital A champion, 
C-H-A-M-P-I, capital C, the number one. So I was in a Twitter space with uh, fellow Cowboys uh, content creators and fans. And the there's a, a, a film session hosted by Kurt Warner that came up. And it was expressed and spoken on about how ugly that film looked. It looked uglier than live in game. So I took to YouTube and I watched that Kurt Warner film. And I agree. That was some of the ugliest play I have seen by this team since those earlier years. Since the Gailey Campo years. Just the play design, the execution, uh, 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 even the times where Dak just held onto the ball longer than he should have. We should have let that thing go. Spots where they should have had somebody open versus the play design. And, of course, let's not forget the fact that the 49ers ran the same defense that was run by the Denver Broncos, who in turn were copied by teams like the Chiefs and the Raiders. And eventually the 49ers. They all ran that same defense because for somehow somebody on the sideline or somebody sitting in the film room between the coordinator, the quarterback coach, and the quarterback can't seem to figure out how to beat that defense. And what resulted in some of the ugliest play, uh, ugliest offensive play I have seen in a long time. That offense came out and laid a brick between the execution, route running protection, the timing of the ball being thrown. It's terrible. Just, just terrible execution all the way down. Left a sour taste in my mouth and all of our mouths in Cowboys Nation. And it just sent everyone into a boil over frustration. Because we in Cowboys Nation are tired of seeing this happen every time we get to the playoffs. We validate critics and pundits and we give them credence and each time we get a lo- we get that loss in an embarrassing fashion. The last time we went to the playoffs before this, we got embarrassed by the Rams running game. They didn't have to throw so much; they just ran up and down our ran up and down our backsides. Before that, a blown assignment or blown coverage led to yardage gained enough for uh, the Packers kicker Mason Crosby to make the game-winning field goal. And Mason Crosby, at that time, his field goal kicking, it would come or go. You were hoping it would go, but instead, he made it. Season over. Our recent playoff appearances have ended in the same fashion. Embarrassing. Or by some technical weird call somehow. And people want to point to the umpire being all the way backfield. When the ball needed to be clocked to get an extra shot at the end zone. 
Now, I get it. I understand. You know, he should have been on point because that's a two-minute drill. There's a, you got to give a team a fair chance to win here. So you have to be on point. You have to be paying attention. But, again, this is one time I will say this. Well, actually, I say that all the time because my number one rule when it comes to things like that is never, ever leave the game in the hands of the referees. Ever. But yes, it came down to that. And I've always detested when it had to come down to, you know, when people have thought of it, whether or not it was the referee. But yes, another embarrassing playoff exit. So congratulations, pundits, critics, analysts, and the like. You now have gotten 12 free months of more fodder and material and segments to sit there and talk about the Cowboys, to speculate about the Cowboys. Everything they do, every move they make is going to basically give you extra, give, give you, give you a, a basically a King's ransom and content. So congratulations because they just validated you again. They just did it again. They validated you. So congratulations. You are made to be right, and your reward is another year of content where you can highly criticize or highly doubt the Dallas Cowboys. They let us down, but not you. So, congratulations. And earlier today, I'm hearing that Jerry Jones was on the radio, and he was basically uh, selling... Uh, telling how mad he is to the host of a radio show. What for? Same thing every year. Every year we hear how much Jerry would 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 pay to to get a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl. No amount of money would be too large for Jerry to get a Super Bowl. Do as much as he could, if anything, to get a Super Bowl. We hear the same thing every year, every single year. And each time, we turn up with the same results. So why get upset? Because you're getting what you want. You know, you get your fan, you get the butts in the seats and the buckets. You get your merchandise sold. You get your concessions. You get your packed stadium. So why are you exactly upset? Now, I don't doubt that you love the team. But... Something needs to change. And the one constant is that Jerry Jones and his family in the football operations. Maybe that way is not working. In fact, no, it hasn't worked in over 26 years. Something there might need to change. And though I know it's basically wishful thinking right now. Something there that maybe they need to accept the reality that something there has to change if they want everything to change. I mean, for example, he kept Kellen Moore on staff. That's a Jason Garrett holdover. They clean they basically cleaned house when Jason Garrett left, except Kellen Moore. Now, I don't know the obsession. Again, I've talked about this before. I don't know the obsession with this boy wonder fad. I don't know the obsession. 
But all these so-called boy wonders that are out here, they had to matriculate through this thing. They had to be assistants. They had to learn from minds that have been there before. Kellen Moore went from third-string quarterback to quarterback's coach somehow, then magically to offensive coordinator, learning under Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan. And you saw the offense under Linehan and Garrett. It was the same thing, frustrating, paltry. You saw the same screens, the same runs up the gut when it wasn't working, when they were stacking the box on defense. That's all you saw. So why hold this guy over whose tutelage was under that kind of offense? That makes no sense to anybody who watches football, who to anybody who saw how pedestrian that offense was. Why hold this guy over? Because his tutors gave him that particular philosophy, and he's going to carry that philosophy into his offense. Sure, the numbers look pretty. Yes, number one offense in this, that, and the other. But at a point in time in the season, this team was number 12 in red zone offense because, again, we had still had problems with Red zone scoring, as we did under Linehan and under Moore so far. So we, we still had those problems. All the nice gaudy stats, but nothing substantive. Nothing of substance. So basically the offense is a stat machine. But where are the results? We're not seeing results that count. He's not using his impact players properly. You have Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. And before he got hurt, Michael Gallup. He didn't tailor things to their strengths. It's just running whatever system he was running where I know you want to spread the ball around, but you've got Guys who, if they're hot, if they have the hot hand, if you find the matchups, you exploit those matchups. That person's probably going to eat well or, or get fat, you know, get the fatted part of the calf that day. But that doesn't mean the next week the other person won't or the other people won't. If you find multiple matchups, great, fine. But you have to use your best hand when your best hand's available. And all this by committee stuff is the same thing that hemmed up Dallas in 2018. Which was the year, ironically, that Amari Cooper wound up coming to Dallas, costing a first-round pick, and basically having Cooper saved the season that year. They went to the playoffs that year. Got to the division round. They got embarrassed, of course, by the Rams. But still, the season was basically saved by that move. Because you didn't have a number one receiver. They had just gotten rid of Des Bryant. And this by committee thing was not working. And you know what? If you look at it, it's sort of a by committee system in this past season. And it doesn't work. It left Amari Cooper frustrated. I mean, you, you've got guys like that. You've got two receivers, Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Both cost you a first round pick. The first by trade, the other you picked in the first round of the 2020 draft. So you have two first-round receivers, but you're not using them like you should. This roster was not the place for that kind of stuff. 
the roster was built to win now, basically. This thing where you bring in this boy wonder, you want the boy wonder factor for some reason, and they go through growing pains with a roster that's built to make a run sooner than that does not work. This was not the time to experiment with that. This is a football team, not a chemistry lab. This was not the time to experiment with that. And then when his offense did get figured out, and they figured out a way, because again, first the offense was looking good, and I looked like I was going to have to basically eat some crow about Kellen Moore, because even when he got promoted to offensive coordinator, I had him on my own personal watch. I was like, I don't trust him. I don't trust him. And I thought I was going to have to eat some crow at the end of the season. But he validated my feelings of distrust. Thank you, Kellen Moore. His offense got figured out when they played Denver. And he never seemed to pivot, retool, or adjust. Just kept running the thing, I guess, maybe hoping that it'll work eventually when it didn't. And here we are. Pedestrian offense with a solid defense. The defense held each team that we played, those top-tier teams, your Tampa Bay, your Kansas City, your Arizona, and even down to the San Fran in the wild-card round, held them to field goals for the most part. But the offense could not deliver points for them to keep defending. They couldn't deliver the victory on their side of the ball. They could not put up the points. Between execution, offensive philosophy, discipline, all of that broke down on that side of the ball more so. And the defense doesn't score points every time they go out. There are plenty of games, honestly, where the defense scoring points helped. Like, I honestly believe that we probably could have lost that New England game had Trayvon Diggs not went for a pick six. We could have very well stood down the barrel of a loss that day, for example. So with this kind of roster, there was no time to go through growing pains with a greenhorn offensive coach. This was not the time. Not at all. I say replace the offensive coordinator. We we can't let let him go. Let him somebody some team out there go and give him a head coaching job. Let him go to that team. And even if they don't, get rid of him anyway. Or at least demote him. I know they're not going to demote him. That's again wishful thinking, but right now he needs to go to another staff, take a, lo- a lesser position and learn from someone who's been on the job more than 3 years. I believe that he got too much, too fast. His plate got too full, too soon. And this is the result. This is why when it comes to something like this, I believe wholeheartedly in matriculation. It's like college. You're not going to get your degree after one year in college. You have to go through all four years or all five years if you take a five-year master's plan or master's degree. You do four-year bachelor's or five-year master's. You've got to go through one year, one, two, three, four, and five, and you have to matriculate. You have to grow through it. 
They're not going to say, well, you've been good all year. You've gotten all A's. You've been on the Dean's List all year. Here, here's your degree. It doesn't work like that. So let him go to another team and be an offensive assistant. Let him learn some of the let him learn more of the X's and O's than was displayed against San Francisco. Let him get some of the nuances that Kurt Warner was showing. And the the word that kept coming back from Kurt Warner was details, details, details. Who is noticing the details? Why are the details not covered? Why does the same defense get run so successfully on this team? They show blitz and they bail out linebackers. Or either they'll run a quarters or a nickel. They might send a linebacker in there. But then they'll bail everybody out and try to bracket the receivers and make Dak hold the ball. And guess what happens? You've got five men up top or five men on the offensive line that have a hard time containing a defense that rushes four men. They only rush four. They send somebody sort of on a delay for the most part, but you're playing a defense that's rushing for most of the game. You've got five people on that line, and two of them basically get whipped each time, and they're all on Dak's blind side. So all of it, just always something to frustrate the the, the Cowboys fan uh, fan base. Another frustrating end to a year, uh, otherwise seemingly promising year. So this is what we're staring down the barrel of. Another offseason with a lot of question marks like last year. You know where we can start? We all have our opinions on where we can start, but here are my opinions on where we can start. First, get in our actual offensive coordinator. Second, bring John Kittner back to help Dak with some of the details of the game. Now, I'm not saying Dak's a bad quarterback. You'll never hear me say that. Ever. I'm one of the biggest Dak supporters there are. I'm one of the biggest pro-Dak people there are. I support him wholeheartedly. I think he's been doing a great job as quarterback of, the, of this team despite everything he's been given and everything he's had to take as a result of any shortcomings that this team has suffered as a whole. I support Dak, period. But I also acknowledge that there are some things that can be worked on. I've done that. I think he reverted back to holding the ball too long, which is what I saw and watching and rewatching uh, the offense being run. I think somehow, some way, whether it's between the injury or something upstairs mentally, he was having a hard time just letting it go. He wants to take care of the football. We understand that. But there are those times where if you see something, you just got to let it fly. So I think his game, Mrs. Kitna, he needs John Kitna back as a quarterback's coach. I don't know what Nussmeyer was doing with Dak between him and Kellen Moore, but I think Kitna needs to come back in Dak's life. I think Moore needs to go, period. Because Dak and Moore are basically buddies. And when you 
as a quarterback, and I've heard someone say this, and I agree, when you're the 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 multi-million dollar quarterback, when you're getting one of the highest salaries on the team, the last thing you need is your buddy. Basically, because your buddy's gonna tell you you're doing not always, but you know your buddy wants what's best for you. They want you to win, but at the same time, there's some degree to where your buddy's probably going to maybe look at you know, look at things the same way you're looking at them in your lens. You need that objectivity in a game in in a in a position where you're the highest paid player on the team. You need that objectivity. So I think you need a John Kittner there. To tell you, no, you should have did this. No, you should have thrown the ball here. You held it too long. You, you know, you you didn't trust your uh, you didn't trust this side of the line. Although I personally, I don't think I would trust that side of uh, that offensive line the way they were, you know, with basically the the issues that they had all season. But you know, just some examples of some things that a, a quarterback coach could run down to a franchise quarterback. So I think Kitten needs to be in his life. More has to go. They need to bring in someone who, <laughs> who can uh, cater an offense and scheme and adjust and and get his guys open. Someone who's seen so many things and knows exactly what to do. Someone who can adjust instead of trying to stick with the same old milk toast plan. I definitely think we need to retool this offensive line. Tyron Smith, as much as. Cowboys Nation, much as Cowboys Nation loves the big guy, fact remains, he's on the pasturing side of his career. He can't stay healthy. You know, and I think that messes with his game to a degree. When he came in, he was mauling. He was a beast. But we're at a point where Tyron Smith is just... We can't keep him on the field for 16 games. And then the games he's there, it seems like he has to readjust because he might have been out and he's got to get back into the flow of things. So it literally takes him a game, maybe a game and a half, to get back into the flow. Um, Connor Williams, if he's gone, he's gone. This guy was Mr. Flag. He should have been wearing a yellow jersey on that defense. I mean, on that offensive line, should have been wearing a yellow jersey. This guy, oh man, he was Mr. Holding, and I've seen him get blown off the line this year too. And I have heard had people criticize. Well, you know, give him time, or you know, give him time, or he's better than most. And you know, even when he was out. I for a bit for a minute I came to that conclusion and I apologized about thinking that there might have been a better option on the on the team than him at left guard but there are better left guards that are either out there or coming into the league and basically what I've been saying was validated in the wild card game he was getting whipped there was a play where he got where he went against the defender, the defender got by him. He was flat on his belly, and that defense was headed straight. That defensive uh, lineman was headed straight for Dak, and Conway was just laid on the on the field. He's he's not a left guard. He's not. Biotish, I'm trying to give him a chance. I've tried, but I think we need a, a real like uh, someone different at center. I think it's time. Because he's gotten blown off the line too a couple of times. Now I get it; he's really only 
second year, something like that. But if we're going to retool this line, we can make no exceptions um, as far as what we're going to do because we're literally talking about direct. We're talking about basically the entire blind side of Dak Prescott and then directly in front of him. Because how is he going to try to get set for a play? How's the pocket going to contain if the center is getting blown off, of, blown off the line before you can even get your eyes, get a, get a read on a player? Because then you know what you're doing. You're running for your life. And I saw a lot of that this season. The And Collins, personally... I think he never should have came away from guard. I know he wanted to go to right tackles, so you know because tackles apparently make more than guards. Um, if you look at like the market, I guess. But I think he should have stayed at guard because Collins is solid as a tackle, but he had his moments. He's had his moments this season: uh, a false start or a hold. He's had those, and the Cowboys one of the most penalized teams in the league. And you can almost rest assured that a lot of those flags came from offensive line. So that that offensive line needs to be retooled. It needs to be. It needs to be. Especially if we want to get a running game going with our number one running back. You still see the flashes from Zeke. A lot of people are ready to toss Zeke out to the pile or trade him. But even with the struggles he had running, Zeke still managed to pull up a thousand yard season this year. So something's gotta be something's gotta work. Something something on the, the offensive line and just the offense top down. There's some changes that need to be made. And they need to be made soon. Drastic changes. I think if we can get a big-bodied offensive line, because I feel personally like the offensive line is too undersized. If we can get a big-body offensive line that can make push, we can restore the running game and help get Dak enough time and enough comfort to where he can actually trust the time, you know, tr- trust uh, trust the play to develop as you know it's drawn up to to trust the adjustments and not have happy feet. And that's just the start of it. So I hope we can build this line, rebuild this line. Keep Zach Martin. Yes, Zach Martin's been doing great. But outside of that, everything else I think needs a retool. And I think if we can go through free agency in the draft and get some good, not some not somebody from the scrap people or the bargain basement, we can get some good top-notch free agents. Again, cap situation might be an issue, but if the cap's going up, it shouldn't be too much of an issue, I wouldn't think, between that and some restructuring. But if we can get some good good top-notch uh, one or two free agent offensive linemen and build the rest through the draft, I think that it could work out. I seriously think that. But we'll see what happens. There's no telling. But it is a long off season, and like I said, we got nine months to ponder it all.
And we've got nine months to listen to all the fodder and the talk. So, again, pundits, analysts, critics, and the like, congratulations. You've just earned yourselves one extra year of free content and free opinion pieces or free hot takes. Will the Cowboys ever get back on track and become a team that can be hard-nosed and face these kind of teams that if they hit them, they're going to hit them right back and hit them harder? Instead of if a team hits them and is not going anywhere, they're scrambling to to figure out something or go into panic mode. Are they going to be a team that's going to stand toe-to-toe and slug back? I can only hope so. Because right now, Everything that's been answered <laughs> has been answered for the most part, and they still can't put it together. Still a bunch of issues. Terrible defense. Built through free agency, the draft. Jerry always talked about a war daddy. Well, you got one in Micah Parsons. And the defense was playing very good this year. But you got problems on the offense now. Again, that ship that when you clog a leak, another one springs somewhere else and you have to scramble to try to plug that one. And when you do, another springs and so on and so forth. Between the lack of discipline and fundamentals, you know, penalties, all those things, execution and even the offensive uh, philosophy. Just leaks, leaks, leaks. So what now? Well, we go into the draft. We go into the offseason. And we do a lot of draft speculation, a lot of mock-up drafts. We're going to see a lot of debates. Is Dak elite? Or is Dak the quarterback that's needed? Or who can we trade? Look, Dak is here to stay. Period. Just get over it if you don't like him. If you're like me and you like Dak, what you're hoping is that he can be better this year than he was last year. Or he can be better in the coming season than he was this season. And I've seen him get better and progress year after year after year. And I just hope that trend continues. Because I believe that he can put it all together and become the quarterback everybody keeps joking him about not being. Not everybody, but those who don't like him keep joking that he isn't. So we go into all that. Then we have the draft coming up. Free agency. Hopefully the Cowboys will do something in free agency. And hopefully they won't do what they've done in past years and play it coy. I think they need to bring back J. Ron Curse. I enjoyed his play at safety. I think they need to bring him back. I think they should bring back Randy Gregory. Um. So those are two. I mean, I'd go down the list. I definitely want them to bring back Brent Urban because I think Brent Urban helped in the running game until he got before he got hurt. I think Brent Urban made a big difference in the running game. So hopefully they can run it back and bring bring Brent Urban back into the saddle. So there are at least three acquisitions from this past season on defense that I would love to see. I love to see Curse come back. I love to see Gregory come back, and I would love to see Brent Urban come back. And that's just to start. 
But draft, we need to address that offensive line. And I think we need another linebacker to complement Parsons and Jabril Cox, who I hope is recovering well. So if we can get linebackers to complement Cox and Parsons, or at least one, yeah, one or two linebackers more, I think that front seven will be good. Um, I think the defense will be squared away that way. And honestly, I don't know about Schultz. Schultz service, but he was good. But we need a tight end that can be a complete tight end. Block well, pass block well, and catch. Now Schultz is we can we can depend on him, you know, when, when he's called upon to catch for the most part. But I think we should go after a more complete tight end. We should go after a more complete tight end. And Jarwin, I don't know if he's a free agent this year or not, but he hasn't been on the field long enough. When he's on the field, it's great, but he hasn't stayed healthy. So those are kind of the uh, caveats to the situation of tight end. I think we should get solid pass-catching tight end. I think if we, if Jarwin's still in the saddle, we can def- we definitely need that kind of a tight end to complement him. If not, I say put Schultz on a prove-it deal, and they'll get a complete tight end or two. Because the tight end situation is, to me, it's not a rounded, rounded-out situation. It's still one that has some uh, much to be desired. And that's just a start. But I've gone through, I've purged my my uh, my issues <laughs> with this past week somewhat. I'm pretty sure there's still something in the tank, but I've pretty much gone through everything I think that I needed to address directly. So that purge has basically been this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. Um, I will do my best now that we're in the off season to give you give you more uh, episodes. Um, basically, so whatever's going on in Cowboys Land, you know Cowboys Land never sleeps. It's always awake and open for business. So I'll do my you know I'll, it'll probably be short and sweet podcast for the most part, but I definitely want to keep you guys. Uh, basically keep you guys um up to date you know and basically on my take on things so i would definitely be trying to do that um during this new time off that we have now and i also i think i'm going to try to try to work on a new uh theme song here so if i do come up with something it'll be the new uh a new uh intro and exit i'll probably post it and just share it out and then I'll start, you know, running with it. But um we'll see. So we've got a lot of ground to cover. Like I said, we've got nine whole months. <laughs> so uh like I said, we'll we'll see what happens. I'll put the fillers out in Cowboys land and I'll definitely get back in touch with you here um at some point. So until that time, once again I thank you for listening to the Armchair Champion Podcast. Until the next time we talk, you take care. God bless you. And I'll see you on the sidelines.
Peace.